Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> well, I'd like to know if I was married to a horror piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My. Special stripe. That was amazing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank yeah. you, Tom. You're just delicious. This is why I drink. We're here today with Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Michael, what's going on? You know, we keep getting phone calls, and it's interesting because people try to handle a lot of stuff on their own, or they try to talk to the adjusters, or they wait, um, and they think maybe it'll cost them money if they talk to me. And, you know, we tell them it's free to talk to us. Um, I go through what their rights are, and, you know, we try to help them as best we can. We don't sign everyone up. Sometimes I just give them advice, and they go from there and then call us back later. But the key is is that they don't know all their rights or they're not told all their rights by the adjuster. And that's one of the things we try to make sure that they get, you know, they get that understanding uh, so they can help themselves and their families the best they can. And the number is? Is 800-770-7008. Or at the website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad, Sean, Bryant, Michael Bryant, thank you. Seeking justice for the injured, Brad, Sean, Bryant. everybody to another episode of the best of the tom bernard podcast brought to you as always by brad sean bryant kicking off the show this week we had dave fulton in studio a new and improved dave fulton from five years ago talks a little bit about life as a dad and and then we talk about guns a lot of guns next Dave Fulton, five years. Five years, man. I yeah. can't believe that. Five years. So why five years? Where have you been? I know you where you've been, but why didn't you come back and see us? Don't take it personal, man. I am. I'm taking it personally. What happened? Well, five years ago, 20, 2014, we, my wife and I were just starting the process to adopt a child. Oh, that's cool. And um, so, yeah, we, um, we went through all that, which was uh, horrible. 
And then um, it was horrible. Yeah, the process is horrible. Really? Oh god, I didn't know that. Really bad, really bad. The um, and then three years ago, my dad passed away. Oh god. So I had to deal with all that. Yeah. And um, and then you go, hey Dave, you're going to go to Minneapolis in six months, and you go, well, I'm thinking about it, and they're like, oh, you want to go to Amsterdam? Yeah, I'm going to gig in Amsterdam if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. yeah I understand. I'm going to do that one. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, we we uh, um, that's the big thing. I'm a dad. Uh, we adopted a little boy in London. Um. And it's I talk about it in the show the uh, yeah the it's crazy because everybody wants white girls they can't keep, they want white girls they cannot keep white babies on the shelf right? I wonder why that is <laughs> yeah, not the boys though just they the girls. fly off the shelf you know and if I was a parent <laughs> if I was shelf. a parent and I had a mis, you know disruptive little girl I'm like you have any idea how much we can get for you <laughs> oh, dope, man. yeah absolutely yeah. So. so we 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 wanted a boy and we wanted under the age of two and. Uh, and it's weird because social services, because it's not like here, there's not a lot of money to pay. But you have to be screened because they want to make sure you don't sell it. You know, that kind yeah, of thing. be good. That'd be good. <laughs> and they, um, it was crazy because they're uh, um, why you're, you're like, we want this, this is kind of what we want. This is the parameters. We're healthy, blah, 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 under age two. And they always kind of do the, um, oh, that's really great. And we go, well, we got a little girl from uh, India. She's seven and her and her legs on backwards and she has a lovely smile. And you're like, well, no, we don't. <laughs> well, we, no. You know, uh, I'm sorry, but you know, you know, oh, okay, all right. Well, we have we have another little little boy. He's uh, he's 11 and he and he starts fires, but. He's, <laughs> no, no, we no, no we want to yeah. No. So, um, but the fact that we didn't we didn't specify you know authenticity, we were like yeah, we'll, you know, we'll that's what we want and mm-hmm. that's what we're looking for. And my wife is is uh, London born and raised, uh, so she's you know I, multicultural like you can't believe and yeah, you know, but working class like I mean working class here is kind of like yeah, well, no, working class you know lower working class which she's from. Um, is like dirt poor, like yeah. you know, using yep. cardboard to wipe your ass, that kind of stuff. That's and, not uh, good. <clears throat> so yeah, we um, uh, and I was like, yeah, okay, you know, I'll go along with that. So um, uh, yeah, long story short, short, we uh, we adopted a, a little boy and his uh, his mother's second generation Jamaican and his father's uh, from Nigeria. So mm-hmm. guess what? Yeah. He's, JB's his name. He's sitting right down there. <laughs> yeah. I'm missing you. Oh God, he's gorgeous. Yeah, is he that happy always? Yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah, he is. Um, I don't want to mess with your phone. It went no, off. No. I was going to show it to the, other uh, people. Yeah, he started uh, pushing buttons on your phone. You know? He's uh, uh, he's just this happiest little kid. He, he's a um, cute little kid. That's great. And um, he's just got a ton of energy on him. Um, he doesn't, and he doesn't back off. I mean, he. Uh, I told him the other day. I said, "Yeah, he's just always, yeah, he's hell on wheels. He's always moving around and." And somebody said, uh, well, geez, David, is it because he's black? And I'm like, no, it's because he's six. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> There's nothing yeah. to do with it. You know, that kind of thing. Does so, it mean he moves around like because he's black? They yeah, asked me yeah. that. <laughs> I asked JB the same thing. <laughs> yeah. He said, no, it's not. That's because of that. Yeah. So he, he um, and of course, you know, he's, he's kind of going, you know, uh, he's, he's putting everything two to two together. And mm-hmm. he said, you know, mommy, dad, I come from your tummy. And we're like, no, you came in. We named the, the birth mother's name. And um, we said, well, what, what happened was, you know, m- you know, m- mommy chose daddy and uh, daddy chose mommy. Like I had a choice. And, um, <laughs> you didn't get a vote. And then we found you and we, and we became a family. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So, um, and he, you know, we, we, I've taken him back to Idaho three times and didn't have to arm up. That was kind of cool. And, um, good. <laughs> good. There've been parts of Idaho. Other parts, maybe. Uh, North Idaho. North Idaho is is the um, yeah. It's uh, North Idaho is it's turning into the Republican Lake Tahoe, you know, in Coeur d'Alene. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Coeur d'Alene's gotten that that big. Uh, the, 
<coughs> yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's, it's always been conservative. The thing is, the yeah, weird, that's true. The weird thing about that, it's been conservative, but not like alt right. You know, right? There were some people who came in um, with uh, with money, and they were like, "Oh, we're gonna do this and this and this." And the people in, in Idaho were like, "Well, we're not really into that, you know, because you're more uh, you're out of your mind, and we don't do that." And Where did, um, how do you get a flip? I've been looking for a flip phone. I want a flip phone. Oh, this is a burner, man. I got this at like Safeway. Oh, for, for ten dollars. Yeah, that's my burner. Because if I, I, if I use my it. iPhone, which is for the UK, yeah, yeah. it's like a dollar a minute. With the burner, it's like whatever. That's wa- I love flip. Phones. Yeah, so I, I, yeah. I'm like, I, um, yeah. this thing in your pocket is a pain in the ass. It's Ooh. too big. This is an iPhone five, and it took me a long time to get to this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you and I are a lot I, like that. Right? Yeah, it's I not like a reason. Was that? I was going to say, I have an old flip phone I don't use. I have a sidekick I don't use. All what's, those, a, what's a sidekick? That was the one that slid open. Oh, slid over? Yeah. Yeah, and you had the keyboard. But I, had, but I, had just, a, I have a flip phone, too. You know, what do you have, a suitcase in your pocket? I hate how big this thing is. Well, they, um, they got to a point where they wouldn't take them back and trade. Anymore. Oh, really? So yeah, because they're good yeah. Right. So I just started collecting <laughs> these old phones because I knew at some point they would become nostalgic. Yeah, guys, I've got like three Motorola razors. One of those. Yeah, yeah. I got a couple of those. Yeah. Not three of them. Yeah. Did you ever have one of the originals that were like this big and they look like a brick? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, no, the shoe. no. Yeah, no. So anyway, yeah. but you know, there's there's a company in the UK that will take that phone, gut it, and put modern technology in it. Really? Yeah. So when you look at it, it's got a little um, uh, like a smartphone screen on it, so you can you know do everything. Really? But when you pull it out, it looks like the old brick phone. Yeah, those things were unbelievable. Yeah. They weighed about eight hundred pounds. It was like twelve dollars like, a minute. You know, one of those twelve dollars a minute. Yeah. That's exactly. Hold on, I need to make a call. You know, it's funny you mention that because I left. I was driving a convertible and I ran into the grocery store and didn't even think about. It. I left because I wasn't used to having a phone. Mm. You know, at that time, I left the phone in the car, and I got back and somebody stole the phone. But the great part of it is, I went back to go in the store and I saw it on the ground. In other words, it was such a pain in the ass, he just threw it away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We stole this, but we don't want it. Well, for, for the longest time, I had a Samsung B2710. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it looks like a candy par, it's a brick, you know. And I tell people, you know, if I ever want to bully you with my phone, I'll just, you know, because it's waterproof, shockproof, I'll just, you know, settle on vibrate, wrap it on bob wire, hammer it up your ass, <laughs> and then, then call myself every five minutes and watch you bleed out on the pavement like, a, like an Ebola victim. So, and I love that phone for a long time, but, you know, it, I just finally, people are going, look, you can get the emails, like, I don't care about the emails. But I I got this because now I'm actually getting work off the back of it, you know, because, you know, oh, yeah. I get alerts and this, that, and the other, and... I mean, it's not like I don't have it to suddenly film racists. I don't have it at that. But, no, uh, but. Which uh, you, you guys are in America are way into. We get some of the best, you know, <laughs> smartphone racist footage yeah. in, in, in Europe. It's just like, wow, look at this lady, you know. Do you think, oh, you mean the lady at the, uh, where, where was she? In, in Charlottesville. Or, Charlottesville, yeah. Yeah, you know. I wow. have black friends, but these two ladies are, I'm like, oh, my God. Uh, yeah. I said it to JB, and he got all mad. Yeah. I just don't get it. <laughs> but... Now, why in 2019 would you ever drop the big N ever again? Yeah. Why would you do that? Uh, yeah. It it's, makes um, no sense. Well, yeah, it, it's <clears throat> I, I, um, being in North Idaho, we had the Aryan Nations and they used to have, oh, yeah, they had parades for Hitler's birthday every now and oh, then God. in the late 70s, early 80s, oh. you know, that little compound 18 miles north of town and and so I was a little bit worried about bringing my son home, but it was they're gone. They got sued. They're they're out of there. Oh, and, good. Um, well, that's good. So it's um, 
Yeah, you just wonder. And then and somebody said, well, Dave, why don't you, you know, ever thought about moving back? Because i got property there. And uh, I said, I think about it. But then, you know, um, I, I can't afford the insurance here because we got national insurance there. Right, right. You know, yeah, and it's yeah. based on your income. So I essentially pay somewhere between, I like, you know, U.S. money-wise, about 12, 12 to 1400 bucks a year for full oh, coverage. Oh, God, that's phenomenal. Full coverage. And um, and it's not the disaster you see online, and you're like, oh, you can't pick this, you can't pick that. You oh, to, yeah. There's a you know death list and all that kind. Of, my mother in law is 93, and they still treat her. I don't know why, but they still do. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing yeah. is, is you know, I, I don't want my son coming home from school and going, oh, daddy, we had another shooters drill. You know that kind oh, of thing. Yeah, you know, can, all the yeah. kids are carrying bulletproof rucksacks. Can I have one? <laughs> I'm like, no. You know, and I don't want him waiting for me outside of Walmart and have some crazy white guy shoot him in the face because you know he was like waiting for my dad. You don't. And, you You've know. got too much melanin. You have to go. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you know, like, where, where do you get this privilege? You like from a white guy, and then you can just point to me and go, "I got it from him right there." That, <laughs> There's the guy so I, right there. I'm gonna turn him into a black redneck if I can. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's already got a cowboy hat. Yeah, That's a good no. start. No, good he loves start. it. Yeah, yeah. loves his cowboy hat. I just think it's. I don't know. First of all, I've always liked your viewpoint on the world. Anyway, because you tend to be very honest. A lot of not a lot of honesty anymore. Well, you know what? You know, I'm really tired of is is not only that people are willing to be honest, but people there's no accountability. No, you God, no. No, 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 no. I've noticed I've, I've backed way off of Facebook stuff because people will say stuff, and I'll just go, "That's that's not true." Right. And then you go, "Where'd you get that?" And you go, "Well, look, I'm not going to send you this. You know, Google what I just said. You'll find out that, or I'll put the link up. Oh, that's not true. It's fake. And you just kind of, you know what? Nobody's ever gone. Wow, thanks. Wow, I didn't oh, no. know that. That's amazing. No, no, there's none of that. Yeah, so I, I just no accountability, and 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 starts from the top down. We have the the president will say something. And half the world is going, what? And and then they'll show, you know, he'll reverse this thing, and they'll go, oh, by the way, four days ago, four hours ago, four minutes ago, you said this, now you reverse that. Are you admitting that you were wrong? And he'll go, no. No, oh, I, no, 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 he's, yeah. he's always been He like has that, no though. humility. He, he learned that no. from, from, from Cohen, um, his, uh, uh, yeah. the old fixer his dad had. Yep. <clears throat> you know, because he, he, he was there all the time to help him out. To, you know, when they got in trouble for not renting the black people, they'd always come up with some excuse yeah, and I remember kind that, of stuff. Yeah. So, but Cohen taught him, you know, always double down, never, never back down. Always, you know, if you're wrong, just keep going, just keep blowing through it, and eventually yep. people will go. Huh, right, right, right. Well, that, you got Cohen over there, and then you got Sololinsky on the on the, on the other side who was yeah. like, resist, 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 and don't agree with anybody ever. Yeah, like God, get laid. Yeah, you know, go and have sex, have a nice time, and calm down. Yeah, go into the go into the, like. Well, you know, like I'm sure Ruth Bader Ginsburg could give a wicked hand job <laughs> <laughs> with, those, with, that, with those claw like. You oh, know. that's so sad. She's what is ninety one now? Or oh, she said, yeah. "Oh, is she? I love her. She's great." Yeah. She, well, she's an opinionated person for about four foot nine. She yeah, really is. Yeah, that's a good job. Have you ever been in the Supreme Court? Uh, what are you saying? The room? No, oh, not oh. you. I mean, not the. Not no, no, I haven't. I haven't. I haven't. It's it, it, when you walk in there, it's hilarious because there are nine chairs at the you know where they sit, and there's four here, one here, and four here. Right. Because she's so small, they had to give her this massive chair <laughs> so she could be at head height with everybody and, else. And look over the over and, the tables. Right. Exactly. It was nice. phenomenal. It's like Ruth <laughs> must sit there. Yeah, she does. Well, I like the fact that she was friends with um, uh, Scalise, whatever. You yep. know, and yep. and they were completely and polar opposites, but they shared a love for uh, for opera. And so when they were yep. done with work, they went off. And we don't see that anymore. We don't see the. Uh, that was a great world then. Yeah, yeah. I it mean, was. you know, and then it's um, God. Who's the other guy? You know, 
Pelosi, who is just, you know, she's like this weird viper in the corner who just <laughs> just goes, she's seen everything, done everything, just, you know, got has enough money to, you know, write a check to God. And and so when she gets threatened or this and that, she just kind of goes, yes, okay, you know. Oh, and, she and does. And the hand like, good for you. Oh, good for yeah, you. She does, yeah. Yeah, look who's sitting at the big boy's table. You know? <laughs> And then when people attack Cummings, they're like, "Why'd you go back?" And Cummings, for Christ's sakes, the man was part of the civil rights. You got to cut him some slack here. I mean, anytime somebody from the military comes up and they're like, "Well, thank you for your service. Thank you for your service," you got to look at Cummings, going, "Jesus, man! Yeah. You know, you avoided bricks and guns and everything in our own country, yep. and and we're we're falling all over the guys. Thank you for your service. And the only reason he got in the military is because he stole a car, and it was either that or going to jail. Or going to jail <laughs> a lot you of know? a lot of times. So I don't know. So I'm, I'm getting trouble because the uh, oh you don't respect the military because you weren't in it. I'm like That's... no, I studied. I stayed in school. I got a degree, and and then um, yeah. So and yeah, I got a lot of friends of mine in the military, and they're going to get mad at me for that. But they are not going <laughs> to get mad at you if they're real military people. They think it's funny. Well, they're mad at me because I, I can shoot better than them. That's well, see, problem. there you go. <laughs> well, you're from Idaho. Yeah. What? Well, that's I got a buddy of mine who has a uh, comedy club, Mark Tug, and he has these comedy clubs in the, in the UK called the Glee uh, Glee Clubs, and they're amazing. And uh, so I was working for him before Christmas, and he, hey, how's your son? I go, oh, pretty good. How's your boy? And he's like, oh, he's good. He's like seven. Yeah, this Christmas we're getting him a PlayStation, you know, because he's into that, and we think it's time for him to get into the video game thing. And I go, ah, oh, that's not going to happen. And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, look, I'm not into it, you yeah. know. <clears throat> I don't, I don't have any problem with else to do it. My wife doesn't want to do it. We're not going to buy it. We're not going to spend three hundred, you know, pounds on a, on, a, on a video game. He's like, well, what if he wants to play? I'm like, well, we can go to his friend's house. He's yeah. like, so you're okay with him playing Call of Duty? I'm like, no. He goes, well, how are you going to stop it? I said, look, if he wants to pick Call of Duty or you know Grand Theft Auto Five or something, we'll go back to Idaho. We'll get all my guns out of storage. I got seven, and we'll shoot them all. You know, you I, this is what it is. This is a forty-five. This is an AR-15. This is a Winchester Model ninety-four. Oh yeah, that hurts when you get and pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah it does. You know? This is a real. <laughs> this sure. is a real deal. And then he can go back and turn like, hey, get this, and he'll go. I shot a real one of those. And then they'll turn the game off. And go really? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Oh, yeah, different deal. Not the first time I ever shot because I have a, a Glock twenty two, which is a forty caliber right. handgun. It actually hurts to shoot that thing. It's just so incredibly powerful. Like, man. Yeah, I've got I've got ACP forty five, um, Colt forty five, nineteen eleven, and it's got. Uh, I've got uh, magazines got eight in a clip, and normally it's seven in a clip, one down mm-hmm. the pipe. And um, yeah, I used to shoot competitively and all that kind of stuff. God, and, I love it. And I uh, was going to get hired to do some contract work out of that country, and that didn't come through. So, uh, yeah, all kinds of stuff. I have six, I have six uh, handguns, and I've never killed anyone. So I know it's a You're due. <laughs> yeah. we got to take a break. Be right back. <laughs> One with Dave Fulton at Acme tonight and tomorrow. Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. No one dared to ask his business. No one dared to make a slip. The stranger there among them had a big iron on his hip. That was Dave Fulton on the best of. Coming up next, we had Larry D'Amico in studio. Yes, the delicious food, D'Amico. Next. He's an outlaw loose and running, came the whisper from each lip. And he's here to do some business with the big iron on his hip. Big iron on his hip. We were just telling some stories off the air, which some can can be repeated and some cannot be repeated, but Mary and Larry. Oh, and Mary and Larry. I like that. Kind of rhymey. Larry's just Poetic. staring at me. He's just staring at me. <laughs> PR. How many years have I known P- you? Know? PR. PR, yeah. <laughs> PR is good. Well, you got good PR anyway, don't you? Most of the time. 
best. You have the best. I did like, well, all we the, the best. Time. Professionally, we have the best PR. Well, see, there you go. So, in other words, you don't have to work that hard because they, there's nothing bad about working with Larry D'Amico. There is nothing bad about it. No question about it. It's absolutely true. And yeah, and you're right. I didn't, and that particular thing we were talking about, I didn't even start playing, much less didn't finish the round. So, you know, it's one of those deals. So, what are you up to? Um, well, we just opened the uh, new clubhouse or the the older clubhouse, but redid the clubhouse at Edinburgh, uh, USA. The and you just course. opened it. It just opened in April. Excellent. Uh, we did it for the city of Brooklyn Park. The park board hired us. We did a remodel there. My brother designed it. It's absolutely gorgeous. We put in new menus, and we're doing events there, and we're pretty excited about it. What brother designed it? Richard. He doesn't even work anymore. How yeah, do he design it? He does? He does. He lives in Florida, and he I works. Know, he lives, I, I have he another brother. Worked. I have another brother, too, we never talk about. His well, name is Archie. Archie? He's Where's Archie? television. Where? L.A. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. What does he do? Set de- design. Set design? Yeah. That's cool. Does he like your food? Loves it. I'm in a huge, huge, I have a huge dilemma because my favorite lasagna in the world is D'Amico lasagna. I love it. I've been talking about this on the air all the time. But I got it sitting right here, and I'm not going <laughs> home afterward. So I have to send it with either Andy or Alex or somebody to, to put it in the refrigerator. God, it's, I've talked about this before. There, there is a D'Amico by my house in, right in Golden Valley just off of, uh, what is that, Rhode Island? Uh, yeah, kind of right there. 55. 55, yeah. 55 in Rhode Island, pretty much. It's a great restaurant. Your people there are really, really good, too. They're great people. They really are. The thing about it, when you go there, you walk in there, they all have a smile on their face. I love that. I'm proud of that. Absolutely. And that's what it's like. Yeah, the last thing I want to do is walk in. I'm hungry. You know, you're crabby. It's like, eh, I don't think it's going to work for me. Not, not necessarily anyway. So, Mary, how did you get stuck with, I mean, how did you end up with Larry? <laughs> it's a pleasure working with Larry. Um, you, can, just, you can bend that up just a little bit toward your oh, mouth. There. Okay. There you go. Perfect. Um, our agency, Repke PR, has been working with them for, geez, four years, five years? So, I've Catherine's old friends, Catherine Repke, old friends with these guys, and just started working with them, and our whole team loves it. Yeah, I mean, this can't be, look, I got to tell you, I don't think I've ever been in one of your restaurants that I didn't enjoy immensely over the years. What was the first one that was down at the Butler Square? Cucina. D'Amico Cucina. Cucina. What a great place. Yeah, it was It was a great place. We loved it. And Absolutely. You were there quite some time. 22 you? years. 22 years? Yeah. On, and you closed how long ago? 10, 11. 32 10, 10. years ago I was going there. You know, it's crazy. The awning's still up there. Is it really? Yeah, yeah. No, one, no one else went in there. <laughs> well, they built the stadium, and they put that yeah. ramp to the yeah. stadium, so now the restaurant is actually subterranean. So, I mean, who wants to rent that? You know, something yeah, down below grade. Yeah, I suppose. Well, is it true that Minnesotans will not go upstairs or downstairs to eat? Never heard that. Oh, you never heard it? Because I've been told, literally, well, that's, well, I was after Morton's closed. Yeah. Over at the gallery, was it the Galleria? Is that where they were? I wish you had told me that about 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, you probably should have. But in any case, no, it's, uh, well, that place was always packed when I was there. Morton's? 
No, no, no. I'm talking about your place. Oh, Domingo yeah. Cucina. It was a great restaurant. It was. So why did you why did you move? Because it, um, it was just downstairs. Our lease was up, and you know they built the stadium, and we just didn't feel good with the yeah, being true. on the lower level down there, and you no longer could valet there. You can no longer oh, pull in right. front. I mean, there were a lot of moving parts to it, and we decided to move. So, uh, you know, Dougie Becker. Oh, yeah. Tells one of the greatest stories about valet downtown Minneapolis. He pulls up in front of a place, uses valet, gives his car keys to a guy. The guy wasn't a valet, he just left with his car. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a valet, he just stole his car. It's like only Dougie Becker would that happen to. I can't tell you how many times I've been somewhere, like on the golf course or somewhere, <laughs> playing with somebody, and and... Somebody will say, you don't remember me? And I said, I'll say no. And they say, I used to valet a Cucina. Oh, you know, there's a lot of people. Well, our coffee people. guy, our coffee guy, Vito, uh, he used to valet. We've been using him for 30 years now for all our coffee, and he used to valet a Cucina. That's wonderful. How many restaurants do you have now? Because you got some in Florida, too, right? About 15. 15? Do you really? That's about 15. I like he goes out, but that's about he loses 15. Count. <laughs> he loses count. No, but your food has been, I, we've talked about this many, many times. Minnesotans, for some, you guys were from Cleveland originally, aren't you? Yep. I but thought so. Yeah. Parents had a restaurant there. That's what I thought. 35 yeah. years. It was a great restaurant called D'Amico's Restaurant. It ended up being, because they remodeled it a few times. It was one of those restaurants where they wheel the carts around and make Caesar oh, salad yeah. Yeah, and sure. carve yep. Chateaubriand and make uh, crepe Suzettes and things like that. It was a mobile five-star restaurant, mobile travel guide, five-star Phenomenal. restaurant. It was great. Phenomenal. How, how many years was it open? 35. 35 years. God, so you guys come here. How did you end up in Minneapolis? My brother met a flight attendant. Oh, I remember that. I'm coming to think about it. Yeah, I do remember that. And they fell in love and got married, and he moved here. They tried to move back, but they weren't really happy going back, so okay. they came back here, and he started doing consulting work. And he got the contract at International Market Square to open that. In oh, that's right. 1984, sure. he said, hey, Larry, come on on. You need a chef. That was 35 years ago? Good. Actually, 30, yeah, 35. 35 years ago. Oh, my God. I hate Lion King came out 25 years ago. We're talking about the new one. It's open this week. 25 years ago. Time's flying. That's all I have to say. It just is. I have not seen Richard in a long time. How's he doing? Good. Real good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, he's a, he and I. It's funny because you and Richard are not a lot alike. You t- Richard keeps it pretty close to the vest, but at least he did around me. I don't know. Maybe he didn't trust me. <laughs> Might have been it. No comment. <laughs> Very funny, but yeah, I remember he used to be able to play some golf. You're a, you still you still chip one handed. Yes, that's phenomenal. Where did you learn that? And that's legal, right? You could do that, right? <laughs> I mean, you could chip with one hand, can't you? Can I tell a quick story? I'd love I'll to hear to your make story. It quick. I so I'm in I'm in uh, L.A. Orange County, flying back, and I got upgraded to first class. And uh, I sit down, and I'm sitting next to this gentleman with uh, short gray hair. And the flight attendant comes up and says, Mr. D'Amico, you, will you be having dinner with us tonight? And I said, yes. So she goes back to get me a beverage. And the guy next to me looks at me and says, do you chip one-handed? <laughs> he knew you? He said, are you Larry D'Amico? Oh, there you go. <laughs> there it is. World-renowned, chipping with one hand. He was a member at Edina. Oh, he was okay. Yeah, yeah I, I tell you what, the, 
I've known, well, I met Richard there, then I met you after I'd met Richard there. And that golf course, Golden Valley, is one of the greatest layouts ever. They're going to have to do something with the grass because every year they have to deal with But they have at Oak Ridge and Minneapolis and all the rest of them. But that layout of Golden Valley is one of the best layouts of any golf course There's I've ever There's no played. two holes alike. Nope. That's, it's amazing. You're, you're right. The, the piece of land itself is spectacular. It is. You're absolutely right it is. And it's got its own little foibles like you had, on uh, number six, you got to be careful not to hit the wire going across the box. But I, I think I hit that once in the 30 years I've been there. I hit it a couple times. Even a couple times, too. It does piss you off because you have to hit the ball pretty well to hit that wire. Sometimes it helps you. <laughs> once in a while, just kick it forward. No. His shot's going right. <laughs> oh, well, that's true. Yes, that's true. It will, it will, yeah, and then you get just to re-hit, so that's cool. But, no, it's it's a lot of fun. That is that is so great. that it, God, I didn't realize I've known you guys for that long. That's amazing. That is wonderful Late stuff. 80s, right? I mean. Yeah, absolutely. God. I, I mean, I didn't belong to Golden Valley then, but Richard no, did. Richard did, yes. That's why, that's why I met you after, Richard, because he was a member there, and then I met you after. Where were you before? I didn't belong to Golden Valley. I played the public route. Oh, you did? Like Edinburgh. <laughs> oh, i got to tell you an Edinburgh story. You'll love this, right? So Jesse calls Scott Studwell and me and said, will you come out? Uh, I'm having a, a having a fundraiser out at, uh, at Edinburgh Golf Course, and you and Scott Studwell, if you would come out and you could co-host it. And I said, yeah, absolutely, no problem. That was back when I used to get along with, with Jesse. <laughs> and Scott Studwell, I adore that man. Scott Studwell is one of the greatest guys ever born. Semi-good athlete, too. I don't know. <laughs> but... but um, God, now I lost track of my thoughts. Oh, so yes. So he said, okay, we're going to have the fundraiser. And I go out there, and Scott goes out there, and we're talking about, you need to elect this guy, the mayor of uh, of Brooklyn Park. He's a great guy. I've known him for years. And Scott's done well saying the same. Oh, Jesse's a wonderful guy. and all. So, he, okay, now it's time uh, to ask a few questions of your, your next mayor, Jesse Ventura. <laughs> and Jesse walks to the mic, and a guy up front says, I've got a question, Jesse. What do you think of uh, Edinburgh, this whole development? And Jesse says, and I quote, we should have never bought it. <laughs> I said, I just endorsed a guy that says bought. <laughs> I was like, oh, no. Oh, and I looked at Studwell and I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. But, yeah, that's a, that's a hell. How would you get involved in, in Edinburgh? Do you know the story? You don't know the no, story? No, I don't know the story. Uh, when it was originally built... In 1987, the course, you know, it's a Robert Trent Jones yeah, Jr. Yep. course, so it's, it's, great it's got great pedigree. Yep. And they built the clubhouse. A, a man that was um, a member at Edina built it. It was private. He built it himself for $6 million. Jesus. So it was a public course with a private clubhouse. We ran it. We helped design it back in 87. It didn't work out, and he didn't make it, so we were gone. And the city took it over. He sold it to the city. And the city took it over. And uh, they ran it themselves for a while. And then they brought somebody else in. And then this last year, they contacted us and said, hey, we'd like you guys to come back. We said that was 30 years ago. But some of the people were still there that remembered the relationship we had. And mm -hmm. they liked it. So they asked us to come back. And we did. It's a great clubhouse. I mean, great it's clubhouse. beautiful. It's like a rock 
it looks look like it. something out of Scotland. Like Scotland, yeah, Ireland, it yes. does absolutely. It's very, very convenient too. It's you know, it's a situation. Some people you go Brooklyn Park, they go, ah, I don't want to go out to Brooklyn Park, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's in a great. Well, Kirby Puckett used to live on the golf course, if I remember yes, right. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did back in the day. That was a while back. That might have been a long while back now. Come to think of it, so so you got you got involved again. And you opened in April, the mm-hmm. restaurant part of it. The, the golf course had been, I cannot believe it was 89, you said? 87. 87. So, yeah, it opened like a year after I started at KQ. That's right. That's amazing to me. It is. Now, the question I have, I'm assuming uh, that people don't necessarily have to golf. They could make a reservation. That's probably one of the problems we have that people don't know that right. it's open for the public right. so you don't need to be there's a, a st andrews club membership there but it's also right. a public course right and uh you don't need to be a member in fact it's it's totally the golf course and the clubhouse and the restaurant and the event center are, are all open to the public yeah people need to know that your food is and look it's not just because i've known the D'Amico uh, brothers for several years now, but your food is, not, you know, he, he was nice enough, Larry was nice enough to bring me lasagna. It is, and I told him this a long time ago, because of the Golden Valley. I think I bought every one they've ever made out of the, the store in Golden Valley. <laughs> I think, I'm not sure. but Hey, can I tell you a, a little plug for myself? You know, this Wednesday, we're celebrating Larry D'Amico's birthday at D'Amico and Sons. Do you know about it? What are you, 45? Yeah. <laughs> Close. <laughs> 104. Give or take. 104. Oh, you look good, man. We're celebrating our birthday. We do it every year. It's like the biggest day of the year, and mm-hmm. all pastas are half price. And if you come in for dinner at night, you get a free piece of birthday cake. No, no. When is this? Wednesday night. It's what? Like two days? Yep. This That's Wednesday. cool. Honest to God. And some people may get lasagna. Mary, I need a table. Half price lasagna. Half <laughs> price lasagna on top of it. No, honestly, God, it's one of those. Yeah, I, I like to. You know, we we have another friend at the, at the club, Scott Foster, and I like to talk about the jobs that he does too. You and Scott know each other pretty well, don't you? Yes, we do. We're good friends. Really, a good guy. Great guy. I would say this, Larry, and you wouldn't, you know, because you you moved here in in eighty nine then, or, or I mean eighty six to build in eighty seven. Is that how it worked? Uh, we moved here, and I moved here in December of 84. Oh, 84. And we okay. opened in January of 85 at International Market Square. We God, had a restaurant okay. there first called Primavera that was, oh, yeah, was yeah. pretty good. Absolutely it was. I remember that. But what I was the reason I brought that up in the first place is before just about the time you moved here then, there were about three good restaurants in the entire state. And that's very, very true. I mean, you had, you had, of course, Murray's, which has always been wonderful. Uh, I think Ocean was Ocean Air there yet? No, the but Hyatt? Five Ten was there. Five Ten was there, right? That yeah. was wonderful. Not many good restaurants, and really, not one good Italian restaurant. Pronto was around. Is that right? There were. I can't remember it so long ago, but there were. You know, there were some good restaurants. Not like today. I mean, not like today. so many good restaurants nowadays. It is a great food town now, and it never was before. You know, I, but I travel a lot too. We go eat in other towns. Good move. Every yeah. town is a great food town now. It just yeah, didn't happen like here. It. It's like you go to Cleveland now, and they it's a great food town. They have a lot of new restaurants. 
And that's I like to talk about that. You know, I, I don't know if you ever hear about it, but I do talk about your restaurants a lot and how much I love the lasagna and and supporting Scott. I think when people do a good job, everybody needs to support them. Yeah. You know, these these great restaurants are not gonna not gonna be around if you don't support them. So I try to as much as I possibly can. But the food, is, I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna support a restaurant that sucks. I'm not doing that. You know, every one of the places that you've opened is just terrific. I mean, you know that. Scott, same way. He does a great, great job, and it's it's a very nice thing. The whole thing is. So, you know, it's a pleasure just being around, hearing the schmoozing. And then the, the only problem I have is, you know, you get the two of you and then you add Emfield. It's just too much for me. You know, <laughs> it's just over the top. I haven't seen Bob in a while. How's he doing? I'm playing with him Saturday. I, think, really? we're, I think we're right in front of you. I'm not going to be around next month. Oh. I gotta, this is an interesting thing. I have, oh, that's not this Saturday. It's the next Saturday after that. But I have a, I'm doing a speech at Hazelden. But I never went to Hazelden. So I don't know why they asked me to do a speech. But I guess I'm just going to go. I'm going to do it. It's not a speech, actually. I'm doing a Q&A. So that ought to be interesting. Should be interesting. I just tell them, pretty much everybody I know has been through here. So one of my favorite stories about Hazelden of all time was uh, a friend of mine's there. Did I, did I lose volume? Yeah. That was weird. I don't was know why. That was odd. All of a sudden, oh, there you go. Okay, I'm fine now. Not a problem, but but in any case, a friend of mine was up there, and uh, he said he's standing in the lunch line, and he looks out the window, and there's a guy with the pajamas on. You know, he's in the hospital, right? Got, and he's running down the road. And I don't know if you've ever been to Hazelden before, but it's kind of secluded. It's not right in Lindstrom, Minnesota, or Center City, I guess is what it is. But he's standing next to one of the doctors, and he goes, there's a guy running away. He goes, don't worry about it. He goes, what do you mean don't worry about it? He goes, just watch for about a minute. Guy's running, and his pants fell down, and he tripped and fell. Apparently the guy tried to do it all the time, but he never made it past about 200 feet. Then he had to turn around and come back. Oh my God! It's, that should be. In, should I tell that story out at Hazelden a week from Saturday? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, yeah, I'm gonna, hey, can I put on some of your pajamas on? I'm going to try to run away. You if should I take lasagna me. for everybody too. Oh, I should absolutely. Everybody at Hazelden gets lasagna, but no, that's part of the whole deal. I just do love the fact that you guys came. Look, you could have come here and opened a couple of restaurants, done well, and decided, well, you know, maybe we'll go to Vegas now, or maybe we'll go to L.A. or we'll go to New York or whatever. But you stayed here. And now, are you in? I know you're in Florida. We're in Naples, Florida. We have yeah. three restaurants down there. That's very, very cool. You could never find a Minnesota in, Na- in uh, Naples. No. An entire town is nothing but Minnesota people. It's amazing. Yeah, it is. It's unbelievable, as a matter of fact. But why do you think it is? And there are, uh, you know, a couple, a couple other ones now. But before, basically, before your your first restaurant in '87. If you had Italian food in Minneapolis, St. Paul, there there were a couple of small places that were good, but the sauce was always really sweet. It was just why do why do you think Minnesotans love it? that pizza is too sweet? Um, I agree with you somewhat, but yeah. uh, and you know I'd say Cleveland was the same way. But oh, I, really? I think when I grew up, and you know I was about 1980, I was working at my dad's restaurant. and I fought my whole life to get out of it. Um, I graduated from Ohio State. The, I'll pause. The Ohio State. The Ohio State. And when I graduated, my dad was at my, uh, we lived two hours from there. He was at my graduation. That night, I was cooking on the line in his restaurant. 
Really? Yeah. And I hated it for four or five years. I hated it. And all my friends were going out on Saturday and Friday night and having a great time. And I had to sit, sit in that kitchen and cook. And it wasn't air conditioned yet. Can imagine oh, last God. Friday with no oh, air conditioning. Oh, God. And then about 1980, something happened in this country, and that's when the, rev- the restaurant revolution started. It started in New York, naturally, with La Bernadette and mm. restaurants like that. And it also happened big time in California with what happened in Sonoma County with them yeah. raising products and those chefs out there. You know, a famous one that was in town here, Wolfgang Puck. Yeah. And they had these restaurants out there. So all of a sudden, you started... Uh, reading about uh, the restaurant in uh, in Oakland or Berkeley, uh, Chez Panisse. Uh, in fact, we have a gentleman that was, you know, Jeremiah Tower, the cook there, that we yeah. have the chef at Gianni's was his sous chef. And uh, it it uh, this culinary awakening happened then. And st- so all of a sudden, instead of making tomato sauce for the first time in 1980, I made pesto. Really? You know, pesto in yeah, a, sure. with a mortar and pestle yet, not in a... Food processor. Really? So all this new information was out there. I used to buy cookbooks and make things at home on my day off. I'd make doughs and pastas and things. So I would be able to go to work and act. Do I have still have volume? Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. (laughs) Do I have volume? And I could make them at work in front of everybody and not and have already made them so I wouldn't would right. make a mistake, you know, and they'd say, oh, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> well, it turned out you did know what you were doing, so that's the good thing. But uh, that's what I remember. That's when it started back then in the early 80s, and it was influenced from the coast and Chicago, naturally the big cities, and people started making different things. They called it northern and, t- and southern right. Italian food, but they really don't talk about that too much anymore. It's it's there's more no, it's true. more regions. There's all these regions in Italy, and that's what's important. Each region cooks a little differently and uses and because they use the products that they have in that region. Why do you think it is that Italian food particularly took off as like the global food that everybody loves? That's kind of a comfort food in some way. Yeah, it is. That's very true. It is a, for me. It is. I know that. Right. Because I mean, it really doesn't matter what the dish is. But I just love Italian food. Always have. And there were really no good Italian restaurants when I was a kid. You know, and a young man actually. There were, like I said, a couple of small you know places that were pretty good, but uh, the food was not like it is. Now. It's not even close to what it is now. I mean, all everything's just modernized. I think. You think that's what it is? It's yes, just, I just. Does it make it a lot of easier to make good food now? You know, I I don't think that there's a lot of really new, new, new ideas. There are, they're out there, yeah. but people see things. Chefs see things that stimulate them, and then they want to do something like that. So mm-hmm. when they see a dish they really like at another restaurant, or they read about it, or they go somewhere and eat, they're affected by that. Even if they don't, won't admit it. Even if they don't know it, they're affected by the smell, the visual, the taste, and you know it comes out in things they do after that. I think. I think that's probably true. We're, we're over on the uh, on the East Coast in Florida, and there's a place called Mario the Baker, and that pizza. I don't know how he nailed it, but he nailed it. It's it's great stuff. But it's really funny about it because we bring people down. Like Dan came down, and. Uh, Alex's husband came down and he, he really loved it and all. Only a couple of people have, have said, "Eh, you know, it's 
it's not as good as Broadway, but like what? <laughs> you know, Broadway. I say I uh, now that's where I grew up talking about broad with the broadway bar back in the old not when it was you know had the caboose out front and all that yeah it was the old location and we go eat there and it was a, it was a big draw the papa joe's northern was there and it was, a, it was a great place for thugs to hang out and not cause trouble because the cops would order pizza and they would come in and they would literally say at the front door and they're walking in and they go everybody put them on the table so guys would take guns and knives out and put them on a table and then when the cops got their pizza they go okay see you later and they'd leave. It was a really weird experience. So what do you think makes a good pizza? For me, the dough has to be right. If the dough's not right, I'm not a big fan. Is there only one kind of dough you like? Is it thick or thin? It's th- a thinner crust. Okay. But, you know, I, I like the thinner crust for the base of the pizza, and then the rim. The crown, yeah. Yeah, the crown, yeah. You, I, you want that to rise. Yes, yep. exactly. Now I've never had pizza with like cheese or whatever in the in the crown. That's not real. It's not, it's not good. <laughs> yeah, I've never had it, so I'm happy. That's, you know, people love cheese. People go crazy oh, they, for cheese, and the chain yeah. restaurants did that to mm-hmm. just to get more sales. Sansevier, we'll put oh my cheese God. everywhere. He told honestly, God, Sansevier makes cheese. Uh, well, he makes pizza. He says it's not really pizza because there's no crust at all. He just takes cheese and then puts. Sauce on the cheese, and that's a pizza for him. What about pasta? Love pasta. Do you I, like f- dried noodles, or do you like homemade fresh noodles? Well, homemade fresh noodles are pretty amazing, like, you know, in a bolognese or something like that. I really love this. I have a hard time not liking pasta. Yeah, I will tell you. Put right. a noodle in front of me, and I'm <laughs> whatever it is. When I was a kid on Sunday, we go to church and after church, and my grandmother had 13 kids. Oh, really? Yeah. And we'd go to church, and after church, we'd go over to my grandmother's, and it would be like noon or 1 o'clock, and she was making pasta for 40 people. 40 people. And my aunts would be helping her, and she'd have it on the back of the chairs and everywhere, and the kids would sit down at the table, and she would make polenta, and she had a big wooden board out there, and she would spread the polenta on the table to about pizza thickness, maybe something like that. And she would put her marinara sauce on there and grate some cheese, and that was our snack before dinner. And then when we'd eat dinner, we'd all have pasta. We had pasta every oh, Sunday, man. and she would cook in three shifts to seat 40 people. Now, was it the Sunday gravy? It was Sunday gravy, but it wasn't together. She separated it. So oh, really? she okay. cooked the meat and the sauce for the flavor, and then she would take the meatballs, the sausage, and the neck bones. We would use pork neck bones right. and put them on a platter. But, yeah, it was Sunday gravy. Isn't that wonderful? But, you know, that's not – we didn't call it Sunday gravy. That's a New, New York, New Jersey term. Yeah, that pretty much 90% is. 90% yeah. of the Italian food you see in this country is New York, New Jersey, Italian. Yeah, that is true, isn't it? Yeah. A lot, a lot of – well, certainly all the red sauces, I'm, I'm thinking. Most of those things you see, what you think are Italian food, if you go to Italy, you don't see it there. <laughs> That's very – I tell you what, we went to Villa d'Este in, on Lake Como and went to the restaurant, and they – for lunch, they had not – I don't know if they were, like, personalized or personal-sized pizzas or whatever, but we had – uh, and I'd never had this before. It had a very light sauce in it, so it wasn't a situation where, you know, the sauce was over. A lot of times in pizza, the sauce overwhelms everything, and I don't really care for that. Yeah. It's got to be part of the dish. Otherwise, it's like, eh, it's just done. Uh, have tomato soup or something. Have you been to Rome? 
Not been to Rome, no. Rome is Italy. spectacular, but like every restaurant you go to in Rome, there's four pastas that they have on the menu. And I'm telling you, every one, and they're the finest restaurants or the lower restaurants. They have carbonara, cacio pepe, alla gricia, which is cacio pepe with guanciale, <clears throat> and uh, matriciana. And they all have those four pastas, and they're spectacular, but you don't see them here. We, you see them some places now. You see them starting to. But like when at D'Amico and Sons, we put a matcha chan on the menu. Nobody ever did it because they didn't know what it was. They didn't know what it was. Yeah. Well, doesn't somebody sell the, sell the jarred matcha chana now here? Probably. I think. You yeah. can buy matcha chana on, I don't know which stores or whatever. But um, the one thing I really loved in Como was they, they served a pizza with light sauce and then dried beef on it. Oh my Brajola, God! Yeah, Brajola, Brajul. <laughs> that meant something else in my neighborhood, by the way. That's <laughs> it's like pasta fazul. Yeah, it's pasta fazoli. Fazoli, yeah. which are beans, pasta and beans. But pasta fazul is the New Jersey uh, right equivalent of that. Slang. Well, even, it's slang. I think even Tony Bennett and Dean Martin pronounced it pasta fazul in their songs. And, uh, you know, Capacola, you know, in New Jersey, gabagool. it's Gabagool. Gabagool. <laughs> See, I loved that stuff growing up around, you know, Italians on the north side. It was look a, at us. We're laughing. These guys, look at us. No idea they're what they're like, look at us like we're crazy. <laughs> Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. That was Larry D'Amico in studio. Coming up next, closing out the show. We're opening up the oh, all the way back to episode number 207. With Brian B.T. Turner, former rival, turn podcast guest. Next! God, what was it, B.T., a couple of months ago when I ran into you? Uh, a month ago? Yeah. Probably a couple of months ago. Wait, when we ran into each other at, at Byerly's? Oh, Tommy, that was a, it was a year ago. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Come on! Six months ago, Costco. Yeah, it was when you came. When was your last Vegas trip? November. Well, that was November. Yeah, you're right. It was six months ago. ago, Because in a 24-hour period, the Byerleys go and we, you know, Catherine runs up or Andy or Alex runs up or whatever to the Byerleys in Golden Valley. It's just you know, two minutes from the house. Yeah, same for me. I'm just the opposite direction in New Hope. Right. Uh, So one day going there, and I run into BT. I hadn't seen him in a long time, and we talked about. treats and, all. <laughs> and you didn't forget by the way we talked about many different things standing around a bar he's just happened to run into him and the day before that less than 24 hours earlier <laughs> i'm walking down one of the aisles at barley's in golden valley and i hear bernard <laughs> I go, hey patrick what's up <laughs> it's pat rice can i just stop doing that morning shot i gotta t- how the hell have you been doing it <laughs> dirty goddamn you <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's a part of the of the Twin Cities media, Minnesota media that people don't see. They don't see it. Yeah, you know that. You know we, as you said, 
you know, BT and I are competitors, direct competitors. Yeah. He does a morning show. I do a morning show. Not any longer. Midday show now. You're doing middays yeah, now? Yeah, K-Twin. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I just assumed they were going to eventually put you on mornings, but you're not going to do that. Oh, you? we have a great morning show there. Oh, I know you so, Yeah, it's a bunch of fun, and uh, I know you having this midday show matches my body rhythm, you know? I mean, I... Yeah, I wouldn't you know. know. Yeah. <laughs> I, go to bed at, I go to bed at midnight, 1 o'clock. I get up at 8 in the morning. I mean, that's that's my natural body clock. And now, my, now my gig actually <laughs> shut the hell How out. does that feel? <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You do middays over there now. Because yeah. Rena is over there. Yeah, Rena, Perk, and Kane mm-hmm, with the morning show. Yeah. Yeah, Rena. Uh, you know, I don't think I've ever personally met Rena, but uh, just, you know. She's dated a couple of guys I know or whatever. Maybe she's – I don't even know. She's a great woman. She's a great personality. Yeah, yeah. And I've never met the other two. One of them, I think, worked at 93X for Yeah, Kane, for quite Not a few years. Not a big years. fan of mine. Yeah. Big, Not a big fan of mine. He, uh, he moved out to New York for a pretty good stretch. You know, yeah. but, you know yeah. Tom, people change over the years. I mean, if you guys cross paths. No, I feel Idealistic bastard. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm sure he's fine. You know. but, uh, I'm walking but, the primrose so, path. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> How many years were we direct competitors? That was 20, a quarter uh, of a century. Yeah, a pretty good stretch. Yeah, probably 15, 16, 15, cumulative 16. years. Yeah, yeah over different times. Yeah, yeah. So now... Catherine said, well, cities not, what happened to cities? You just didn't want to do that anymore? No, they bumped me out of there. They did? Yeah. They wanted to make a change. It's like baseball. They that's did, okay. really? That surprises yeah. me, actually. They wanted to make a change, and, and that's fine. So I moved over to the sales staff because I love to fuck them. I love to sell. <laughs> yeah, and fuck them, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, love to, I, love, I love to sell, but, you know, that became a, yeah. a joyless, soul-sucking experience. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because it's a, it's the major corporate aspect of what's going on with media. You know it those is. those big companies and the way they need, and you know what I'm not dissing them. They they are what they are. It's like saying, hey, sh- hey shark, you're in the ocean, you're biting things. No, they're sharks. That's what they do. You that's know, true. so they're they're big companies and that's how they behave. But uh, you know, if it's selling, I like to be more of a relationship based seller and somebody that you know reaches out and develops relationships and mm-hmm. nurtures them. And and it's hard to do that in that major corporate structure where it is. You didn't bring your budget in this month. You know, go get it. You know, make fifty full, full you know phone calls today, and you know whatever. Oh, that's so, got to be yeah. tough. Yeah, that's yeah. got to be very, very difficult. That's <laughs> super creative work, Tom. That's just delightfully creative work. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound very sincere to me, B. No, I don't think it was. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny because I knew you were doing middays, but I just it's still in my but because I never got to listen to you. You never got to listen to me exactly. because we were yeah. on opposite times. But you will always, in my mind, is be oh the, the morning guy. Yeah, yeah. But good for you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Great team over there. You know, good owners and and local owners. So I appreciate that. Let's guess why this podcast begins at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Guess why. It's tough. I mean, you you did it for all those years. 27 years getting up in the morning. I I just, I've never adjusted to it. No, I never did either. You can't. I never did. I don't don't think you can. Every weekend, uh, Friday night would roll around and the body, the regular body rhythm would take over. Mm -hmm. Stay up till one Mm -hmm. o'clock on Friday and get up at eight o'clock on Saturday. Stay till, stay up on Saturday, get up, you know, late on Sunday and then, and then shift it all back again. I make a comment on Friday at about 8 p.m. and Catherine goes, Jesus, why don't you go to bed, crab ass? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. You have a tendency. What do you mean I have a tendency? I, by the way, won my bet. I made a bet. Can't tell you with who. I said, so Don's going to come in and do 4 to 4.15. Never going to (laughs) happen. It's going to go to 4.30 easy. Which I think is wonderful, by the way. Don't get me wrong. It's going to be weird if you ever... And you're 
you have a schedule you're going to have to maintain. But one of these days, when you you actually do get up and leave before fifteen, you go, "Where are you going, <laughs> Don? Don't go, Don. Don, where are you going, man? Call me. Thanks, Tony. Thanks so much, Tony. Can I ask a question before I leave? Who had the well, voice? Well, show's over by now. Who had, <laughs> who had the voice first, Tommy Mischke or Joe Souchere? Oh, that's interesting. Who had the fir- the voice first? That's interesting. Is one imitating the other? No, that's no, just how they that's are. That's just the way they are. Yeah. Have, yeah. You, have you met both of them? Yeah. They're yeah. amazing people. Yeah. Yeah. Wiry Joe Souchere. Souchere. <laughs> he said the same thing. You were sitting in that chair where BT's sitting right now. What was Joe on a month ago? Can he Although sing, by the way? Just Joe? to compare the voices? Because Mishki can sing. Oh, yeah. Mishki's yeah. I'm curious if Joe, if he ever if he sings at all. Uh, he can write. Yeah. Oh, that's for sure. Did mm-hmm. uh, He's a... Not all that distant relative of F. Scott Fitzgerald. Sush. Sush is, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah his mother's, his, well, his, his grandma's hmm. cousin or something like that. I'm glad you got that all straight. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Joe Sushere sat in that chair about a month ago, said the same thing that Don said. So, Tom, remember that time about 25 years ago? I called me up in my house and told me you are going to beat the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went on this run for like, honestly, got about 15 guys around. Remember you said you were going to beat the shit out of me? I don't remember any of this. I don't know what you're talking I was in that group. You yes. called me one time and said you were going to beat the shit out of me. How about you, BT? You in that clan? No, no, but it was my grandma. And she still, for years, she talked about that. And I couldn't do it anyway. So that's the whole key behind that. But, but it's it, that's uh, what I'm really learning from doing this show is sitting down with people like Joe Sushere. I had never met Tommy Michigan. Now, Sean has been a friend of Tommy's for how long? Seven years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Seven years. Just very, very bright guy. Brilliant. Very talented. He's, brilliant. He is brilliant. He has very yeah. low self-esteem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look who's talking. <laughs> and lovely soft skin. <laughs> it was so funny yesterday. Yeah. And, Don, I think you were here for part of that. But John comes to me and goes, Mishki's late. We have to cut five commercials in the next 35 minutes. Mishki's late. What are we going to do? I said, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Because, you know, Sean has not produced Tommy or or me doing a commercial for So Mishki comes and he sits down. He goes, okay, you ready? I said, yeah. Eight minutes later, we were done. (laughs) We did five commercials (laughs) in eight minutes. Five of them out, right? Bam. And Sean looked at us like, Wow. (laughs) <laughs> I said, but that's the kind of guy that Mishki, that's the kind of brain that, that Tommy Mishki has. Do you think that the, the, the ownership, you talked about this earlier, BT, do you think ownership understands talent any longer? Sometimes they do. Yeah. Like who? Yeah. <laughs> well, Which obvi- company is that? Well, obviously, Tom, the one I'm working yes, on. Yes, the one you're working on. <laughs> uh, is it still, is it Northern Lights? Is that the name of the company? Northern Lights, yeah. It is Northern Lights. family owns it. Yeah. It, Steve Woodbury just got in the Hall of Fame, the yeah. Broadcasting yeah. Hall of Fame. And by the way, let me mention quickly, Glenn Olson, if you don't get him in the Hall of Fame, you're making a huge mistake. You know Glenn? Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Glenn has, has some very, very serious health problems. He's very serious. I, I didn't know that. And he's yeah. had on and, in, on and on and off health issues over the years and weight exactly. and this and that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. From what, what I understand, he needs to be put in the Hall of Fame like pretty much immediately. Oh, boy. Really? Uh, yeah. So I just wanted to reach out to, to anybody on the, uh, the committee or the panel or what the hell ever it is you have over there. Mm. <laughs> that it's time to put Glenn Olson in the, in the radio. Well, the broadcasting. Yeah. Was yeah. The Minnesota Paddock. Broadcasters the Paddock. Hall of Fame. Yeah, the, Paddock. the Paddock. Yeah. yeah. I had the honor of, uh, of inducting my first boss in commercial radio. Who was that? Uh, Jack Moore. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jack really? passed away last year. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And interestingly for me, I'm working at K-Twin now, 96.3 K-Twin, but my first job in commercial radio was K-Twin 108. Remember that smooth mm-hmm. jazz? You know, the old, Absolutely. One of the first smooth jazz stations out there. Yeah. yeah. Jack Station. Yeah. No question about that. Well, I mean, and I, I, I pointed out, Christ, Mark Coleman's in the Hall of Fame. Anybody can get in there. Jesus Christ, in. Love you, Mark. <laughs> I've known Mark for oh, Jesus, I've known Mark for forty years. I I, uh, I I owe I owe my life to Mark Coleman and, yeah. a, hand, and a handful of people. I really, really do. I really do. I really do. And Lauren McLeish and Mark Coleman and uh, you know my family. Well, I went when I went through my cancer episode. Oh yeah. You know you gotta you gotta fire on all cylinders. Is that it, true that it just snapped? Every, yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. What? Oh, you, you need know. to hear this story. So, uh, <laughs> but but I'll, I'll finish by praising Mark and you know the people Lord, that, that are in your <laughs> <laughs> that are in your inner circle, no matter what kind of health episode you're going through. Right. Because you got to be firing on all cylinders. You know, if you, it, it's a V8 engine, and if one cylinder doesn't work, you, it's not going to work. Right. Engine's, right. engine's not going to work. And and for me, uh, at that time working at Cities '97, late '90s, uh, uh, the program director Lauren and the general manager Mark, whom you later worked with, uh, stepped up and just said, "You know what? Uh, whatever you need, whatever your family needs." Don't worry about it. That's amazing. You, know, you, you go into the hospital. You come out of the hospital. You, when you feel like working, you work. When you when you don't feel like working, and you, whether you're just feeling bad or you got to go in for more chemo, uh, in my case, immunotherapy treatments and such, uh, you're fine. Paycheck's always going to be there. You're going to be fine. Do a lot of people know the story? I don't know. I, I think I think a fair amount of people do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty amazing yeah. what happened. I, I rolled over in bed uh, a July morning in 1998. My my uh, at that time six year old son was laying in bed next to me, and uh, I rolled over in bed and I, I woke up to the sound of my collarbone breaking. Not so much the pain of my collarbone breaking that followed immediately afterward. But uh, I was leaning on that side, my left collarbone. I was kind of leaning on that side. I was leaning over to say hi to Jackson. Uh, it was summertime, and he was out of school, and uh, and that's the sound is what woke me up. And, uh, you know, days later, uh, after uh, multiple trips to the dock and then finally an emergency room trip, you know, we figured out there's a big tumor on my collarbone, and it was uh, after biopsy, it was uh, renal cancer. So it was stage four cancer right out of the chute. And then, uh, and then the adventure began. Thus the adventure began. Now stage four, stage four is supposed to be... Terminal, is it not? Well, it's just the worst of all of them. It's yeah. just the worst yeah. of all of them. I mean, it's yeah. a better way yeah. to put it. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on where it is. Stage 4 cancer can be really not that. I mean, it's still cancer, but mm-hmm. it can be something pretty easily easily cured. Yeah, and there are more virulent forms of cancer than others. Pancreatic cancer is pretty tough to yeah, beat. Yeah, Renal like, cancer, what yeah, I have, yeah. what I had is a pretty tough one to beat, so... I fired some doctors along the way to be sure. Well, you got about a half percent chance of dropping. <laughs> oh like, you know, and it's like, okay, well, you're you. fired. <laughs> See you later. Get a new doc. We're yeah. going. We're going. Uh, the adventure, you know, it, life should always be filled with humor, especially when tragedy strikes. I mean, how are you going to get to the other side? No, you're absolutely right. And I had a great physician, uh, Dr. John Tallman. He's a great doctor. He was my regular doc. And, and I went on to have a wonderful oncologist, Dr. Harold Launder. But John, uh, Lori and I, my wife and I, we're real nervous, you know. I've been, I'd had my biopsy. Uh, the the orthopedic surgeon called and said, uh, you know, we know you have cancer. You're going to meet with your your doc on Monday, and he's going to, you know, tell you what the next steps are. And so we meet with the we, we meet with the doc, and uh, we're we're in the waiting room. And uh, John John was great doc, but also a cool image. Uh, he he had spiky red hair and wore earrings and combat boots. Just you know, kind of that thirty something. You know, I'm a doctor, and I'm going to have my own you know my own life <laughs> right. and my own kind of image. 
you know, and that's the kind of doc he wanted to be. Uh, a different image now. And he comes walking in, he's got the folder, and he opens it up, and Lori and I are in there. We know something, you know, something's going to go down here. And he looks up at me and looks down at the folder and looks up at Lori, looks down at the folder and looks up again, looks at both of us and looks, says, man, this is seriously fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> Like the doctor from Idiocracy. <laughs> and we Your did shit's what you all guys retarded. Did. Right out of the shoot, we laughed. You know, it's like broke the ice. That was some good bedside manner that worked for us. And uh, you know, in a way, the adventure began. Yeah, was right it there? Dave Dravecki, was he the pitcher who yep. was throwing a pitch yep. and yeah. his arms yeah. snapped? And his oh, arms yeah. snapped, yeah. He had a tumor on his yeah. bone, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you rolled over, it had to be like, well, this is not this is no. I knew right away it wasn't good. I mean, yeah. and then the pain happened, and and uh, yeah, I'm just glad it was the uh, my collarbone because it turns out I had huge tumors on my uh, femur and on my vertebrae. I mean, I could have been wrestling with Jackson, you know, six year old, and you know, <laughs> fell over backwards, and that would have been the break, you know, the vertebrae. Uh, and so suddenly, right. you know, now I've got a bone shard going into my spinal column because it was brittle bone. You know, there's a big uh, tumor so there. Amazing. So yeah, it really was a that blessing you can that live uh, with all of that going on in yeah. your body and not know about it. Yeah, it was just there was just a little irritation in my shoulder. Really, nothing to complain about you know and you know kidney cancer no no blood in my urine or anything like that at all just it was yeah very odd and then right out of the shoot i'm an overachiever <laughs> <laughs> well there you go <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting to, to you find out how you're you're going to deal with something like that because i sitting sitting here today i don't know how we'd I would deal with that. How I'd respond to that, I don't I know. I can tell you. How was it? Yeah. Okay, let's hear it. <laughs> anger. You'd be angry. Me? <laughs> no. I can't believe that yeah. I'd go with anger. Yeah, you would. You'd be angry at first. That's Tim your default is. reaction. That you is. have to say that. Whatever it is. I mean, you, That's you, true. You lose the Easter egg hunt. You want to play John Wayne, the bunny. That's what you want to do. You know Ron Rosenbaum? <laughs> yes. And Tim Ivory, you might not have met Tim Ivory yet, but I was standing with him today over at Midland Hills. And we were going through the door, and a guy was coming out. So I held the door for him, and he just walked right by, did not acknowledge us, didn't say thank you, didn't even look at us. So I said, you walk by me again, and don't say thank you. I'm going to slam the door in your goddamn face. And Tim goes, this is really working, that whole anger management. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, you're right. It's my default. Yeah, it is. It's just, why would you be so goddamn rude? Yeah. You know, why? You don't need to be rude like that. But I'm learning. Right, Catherine? It's much better. Let me tell you the progression. <laughs> you, you can't say something so nice. Don't say anything at This is an progression of dealing with your anger yeah. is that you will cease saying those things, and then you will follow them to the uh, car a parking lot. You'll get their license number. Uh, you will call a friend, DMV. You will find out where they live. <laughs> And you will go and shoot their dog. Done. Done. Why are you giving this man ideas? No, this, Why? Is the, this is the progress. I mean, that's like the second thing. I mean, okay. so it's not you're not going to engage in a fight right there. It's going to be a slow burn. And then over time, you'll get to their house. Okay. And, and you'll decide not, not to shoot, shoot the dog. dog. And then the next one will be I'm not going to drive going, to their I'm house. not going to go to the house. Right. Okay. I'm not going to make the phone call because I know how all of this plays out. And so it just works back. Until you're right back to the place of gone. If you walk through that fucking door again without saying thank you, I'm going to beat your fucking ass. 
<laughs> I love it. The drama. And then you're going to feel great because you'll have all yourself back. That's true. I'll be my complete self once again. You'll drop to your knees and say, where was I? Somebody on the chat room. Uh-oh. Somebody on the chat room, Rick S. says, Tom told me he was going to beat the shit out of me in 1992. <laughs> you threaten a lot of people. Lot of I didn't people. know that before the podcast, but I'm I realizing now how much you threaten I people. I don't That's remember a good any <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. Catherine did a good job raising her You shouldn't be exposed to that part of your Just, father. So. Yeah. And Bella's completely bored with it. She's asleep. She's, she doesn't care. She's a dog. She's been threatened. <laughs> yeah, Bella. Yeah, I threaten has. Bella all the time. She handles threats really, really I well. Say, I'm going to kill you. So Ooh. tell us about your other. I do. I want to hear about your other. She venture. thinks it's funny. Oh my god! About the other what, Tom? You have other like, like several other things you do. Oh sure. yeah, we have the Fine Foods Company, LT in the oh. kitchen. We make all sorts of good stuff: uh, layered cheese appetizers, these cheese tortas that we have in the studio we here today. Dumpling and Which I'm trying to not eat. <laughs> I've always wanted to say this into a microphone. Hey Shelby, how's that ball? <laughs> I'm eating it. Yeah, baby. Is it devil's food? Angel food? What is it? That one looks like, yeah, it looks like a chocolate with chocolate. Yeah, White gourmet sprinkles. Do you come come from a family of good cooks, fine chefs? Uh, You know, there's a lot of good cooking in our house all the time, but my wife, she's just an ace when it comes to all this kind of stuff. Look at He's going right down to the stick. He's taking that ball right next to the stick. The second thing I've always wanted to say. Don Indeed. It looked delicious. Indeed. And Donna, by the way, BT, I should tell you, Don, before the show started, Alex brought her. Probably cookies in a dunce. Not so cookies. What are they then? What is Chocolates. We'll see. Some, <laughs> Let me see. I got some cashews in there and some craisins. Cra- craisins. <laughs> craisins and dried blueberries. Oh, yeah, that looks good. <laughs> and cinnamon. There's no dairy now, you said, Alex. That's... No dairy, no sugar. Okay. And what's the, what's, no the, what's the chocolate sprinkly on there, though? Oh, it's Dusting. just cinnamon. Yeah, okay, got it. Ooh, that smells good. I'm going to save it for later. Okay. Because we're talking now. We're Kay. talking. <laughs> yes, we're talking. Yeah, now. We're talking now. So, Don, what do you think? So far, the treats are good. Mm-hmm. www.lt.com thank you (laughs) lt.com yeah well my wife is Lori turner Mm -hmm. and uh and you you know lee valsvik and when lee and i started doing the morning show together at cities bt and lee and and it was and it was and b and uh, lee was making jokes well you're bt i'm lv and then Lori was writing in uh emailing and said well you can't be lv then i'll be lt you know and and so then thus another nickname was born and and uh and then she's the name on our on our food company LT in the kitchen. So she spells it phonetically, though. Yeah. She's cooler. So you do catering O-E-L-T. plus the food. Well, we don't know. We don't do really you catering do at all. Oh. No, no. We, we produce fine foods and you know, push it out into the into the retail marketplace. Yeah. So where, nice. no, where would your products be available? Uh, we're at all Kowalski's markets. <laughs> I love the Kowalski's. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, yeah. Good, good people. They really are. Uh huh. And uh, find specialty shops all across the Twin Cities, and, you, and we sell a lot just directly to our customers too. Oh, we're in Golden Valley do through we the website. Uh, you live close enough to our, our commercial kitchens in Crystal, so you could swing on by. I'll take care of you. You know, I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. We get a deep discount. BT, are you here just to talk about yourself? <laughs> yes. Sir. Okay. Yes. All right. Tom, and, I'm just going to take my headsets off because I'm have to leave now. But wait. <laughs> I don't think there's I'm going to miss more, anything. There's 10 more minutes for you to talk yeah, you're about You're leaving me. 10 minutes before the end of the show? <laughs> you're leaving 10 minutes before the end of the show. It's, it's a record. Line. It is a record. It is a record. Yeah. Oh, funny. I won my best, though. I hope you until 4.15. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no Good to see you, my brother. Don, thank you, you sir. Thank you. See you again soon. I'll see you Monday. Right, Thanks Looking for eating my ball. Thank you. <laughs> oh, and by the way, for wow. the next show, don't forget to 
log into the chat room if you wish. You can just go to our website, and then just below the On the Air light, it says Live Chat Room. Just click on that and go on in. Don, by the way, wants to do a bit. He was talking to me. He wants to produce a bit. <laughs> because people, for some reason, people think they have to call the Internet. They do. They, they think I'm just kidding. <laughs> they think they have to call the internet. So Don wants to write a bit and produce a bit where people are trying to get through to the to the internet to the internet. <laughs> well, I have to talk to the Tom Bernard podcast, which is on the internet. Is this the internet? Is this the internet? <laughs> so you know which W do I use? There's three right. of them there. There are three of them. Oh, and by the way, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, at the very beginning of the show, for people who do not know, that's James Adomian doing. Uh, Jesse Ventura. Yeah, yeah. That's a it's, good impersonation. Isn't it the best? Yeah. He's good. He's very good. Did, did we, Tony, did we ever use the W-W-W? Oh, yeah. That's on there. Is it on there? Yeah, it is. On the w, front w, and the w, back. W, w, w. I want to hear him do the HTTP <laughs> semicolon slash semicolon. <laughs> or 89 We're going to get those rolling over soon, hopefully. Now the mics are getting bored. What, what is Give the, the mic something to do. The mics. The what? Oh, yeah. Reverse. Someone in the chat keeps saying this show is like a reverse McSkinny. And you have to tell Don what a McSkinny is? Do you understand this? Oh, when, he, he was, when he was on with Jeff McKinney yeah. and WCCO, those two oh. in the afternoon. Oh, yeah. Sure. Sure. Mm-hmm. I remember that. It was wonderful. So what would be the, I don't know what that is. Don is not here anymore. What would the Bye reverse now. McSkinny be? What would that be? It sounds like a naked diving term. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it does. I mean, how would it be a reverse McSkinny? Do you understand that? No, I, I'm, Call not, I'm not quite getting us. it. Yeah. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Yes, there you go. Exactly. So you you have the the uh, so it's not a catering, but it's a fine food business. Yeah, we just make we make fine foods and, and push them out to people's mouths. They are fine. Yeah, they are fine. <laughs> Thank you. Say. Thank yes. you very much. Which one of the lollipops should I have? They're made with disco dust today. Disco wow. dust. Disco, disco dust. Did you take a picture? The same thing. Take a picture. I didn't take a picture of the lollipop. You got to take a picture of the Cake pops. Oh man. Tom, if we really have John Lastman on the show at some point, we will not eat any treats he brings in. No. Have you heard about his stories at parties? Man, those brownies. I'm not feeling too good. Seriously. I'm not feeling too good at all. Oh my god. We've been doing. You like that? Unbelievable. Thanks, brother. Mm, We've been doing this for about three years. Our our son Cosmo. He's uh, his name's Jackson Cosmo. So you'll hear me call him both. Uh, He's he's our top producer. He's he's become a real foodie. It's a it's a fun thing to have him in the kitchen working. He's he enjoys it. You know, he embraces it. That's that's cool. Well, yeah, and you know, you got you got your kids hanging with you. It's fun. Isn't it working with your family great? Yeah, it is. Family's wonderful. It really is. Um, How how do you keep the cake so moist? Is it the fact that it's sealed in a in a shell? No, actually, we take the uh, we take this uh, great cake uh, mix. You guys have a lollipop, man. Yeah, eat these They're cake pops. Cake Save pops. one for me. Yeah. I, you're you, sharing You dry that out the oh, cake well, uh, for a day, and then you mix it with frosting, and you blend it with oh, frosting, God. and then you and then you form it into the balls at that point. And oh, then, man. yeah, and then you dip it into the chocolate and all the Good goodness stuff. that follows. That's quite delightful. Mm. <laughs> quite mm. delightful. I can't eat the that cheese because it's too crunchy. Oh, we'll link uh, directly to... Uh, the website. To our website, yeah, thanks. Absolutely. We'll do that. Yeah, we, we get a we get a lot of wedding business, uh, and are hoping to always generate more uh, because you know a lot of time brides and grooms they, they don't want to have a full big cake and they want to have something See, that's fun and inventive. He and, said we do wedding business, uh, hence I'm thinking catering. The catering, yeah. So yeah. it's not like I'm completely. Uh, hence, yeah. gotcha, well, did I mention that gotcha. would also, that link would also be a rev share? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Always thinking. 
So oh, this mean. business is doing pretty well <laughs> for you with Johnny selling. here. Relationship yes. selling. Stick a fork in this episode and make sure it's done and make sure to turn the grill off so it doesn't run out of propane the next time you go out there and you get yelled at on this episode of the Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. Brought to you, as always, by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week from Dave Fulton, Larry D'Amico, and Brian B.T. Turner. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week.